I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Champions League Preview Podcast. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the man who has the keenest footballing mind I have ever seen out of Cleary from What Culture Football. You can give me the tenor later on. Um, here to preview all this weekend's Champions League action. Feels weird saying that. Uh, before we get into it, of course, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. But as I said, I'm joined by Adam Cleary to look ahead to the Champions League. Uh, how are you feeling uh, about this competition being back and the fixtures we've got to look forward to? We've already done to death the whole, oh, isn't it weird? Football's back. And then by consequence, oh, football's back and it's weird. So I'm kind of over all of that at the minute. And I'm quite excited for this because we were robbed of a tournament this summer. Like we're robbed of the European Championships. And obviously the league's coming back as they went on. Lots of the matches started to be of less and less consequence. And, you know, the league was Liverpool had that over and done with probably before we came back. And then the relegation fight went down to the last. And was, of course, there's still question marks over the Champions League places. But by and large, the majority of the games weren't really full very much. And they were full of players who didn't really care very much. So it was a bit a bit on the underwhelming side. But the way they've restructured the Champions League and how thick and fast it's going to come at us... I'm, you know, I've renewed my positivity for it because it should feel a bit tournamenty. It should feel like every game really matters. So, quietly optimistic. Although by quietly, I mean I'm reducing all squeals and giggles to like. Ah! <laughs> um, tonight we have Juventus versus Leon, and of course Real Madrid heading to Manchester City. Uh, we'll delve into the games themselves in a second, but. Could Man City win the Champions League, Adam Cleary? Oh, put it this way, I, I think last year was their chance to win the Champions League. I think this is a very similar side to the one they had last year, but slightly better in the way they were performing. Obviously, the results in the league bear that out, but I think it's more a case that with every year that goes... When it, whenever a manager comes in and really revolutionises football the way Guardiola did, really gives mm. players and teams and fans things they've never seen before, with every year that goes on, teams tend to figure it out a little bit more, become slightly more adaptive at it. And the way Guardiola hasn't really changed too much about Man City in the last year or two, I think has made those issues they had with the team last year even worse this year. Like, you know, the lack of getting in a dependable fullback, having to change the centre-backs quite a lot. The centre of the pitch not being quite as solid as it was, I think means that their chance to win it last year, I mean, were it not for that VAR decision <laughs> with like an inch of a shin, that was probably their best chance to win it. And I think their vulnerabilities are now more pronounced. They're still the same vulnerabilities, but they're more pronounced 
than they were last year. Um, I think a lot of people are sort of looking at this Real Madrid match and thinking, well, you know, they're going to get through that relatively okay. But I, I don't think that's as cut and dry as perhaps it, it might appear. I think Real Madrid got a genuinely really good chance of, of getting through that. Yeah, I mean, Real Madrid, I think, have been slightly underestimated by everyone. I mean, they won La Liga, which is no mean feat, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how Barcelona performed uh, and the likes of Atletico Madrid, etc., of course. Uh, 2-1 as it stands to Manchester City. Um, two away goals, uh, crucial for them, of course. But the, the, the job, to use an old footballing cliche, for Real Madrid is sim- simple. Score at least two goals and try not to concede. Um before I get to your footballing prediction on this, uh, what do you make of the whole Gareth Bale situation? We reported in the news this morning, um, Real Madrid just blatantly admitting the fact that they screwed up that transfer to, to China um, by demanding money when there was no real need to, just because of some rumour about a James Rodriguez transfer. Um, what do you think is going to happen with him? And do you think the fact that he's, you know, a disrupting influence, for example, uh, on Real Madrid is going to affect them, or do you think he's just going to be, if he has to be there, sat in the stands doing the old old newspaper? Yeah, I don't really buy into the disruptive influence thing too much. I think it only tends to really come into play in football when you're, you know, massively pos- po- uh, popular in the dressing room or when you're a vital component of the team. And I think we've seen at Real Madrid in the last 12, 18, 24 months, Gareth Bale's not really either of those things like he's been out of the side a lot his presence hasn't really been missed as evidenced by the fact that Zidane's you know put together a very competent looking side there one that certainly looked relatively comfortable in La Liga so he's not a massive miss on the pitch and from what stories we hear about in the dressing room he's not massively missed there either like the guy apparently just goes home at the earliest opportunity he's not exactly (laughs) there whispering and pouring poison into the ears of his colleagues so I think Gareth Bale's probably gonna absolutely tear up the European Championships next year, having had effectively two seasons off to rest up while the entire rest of Europe has to play two seasons back to back with about three days off in between every single game. So what the future holds for him, I don't know, but I don't think he's going to be a particularly big miss in this match. Uh, score prediction for tonight for that game? It's tough. that I can't see Man City keeping a clean sheet. Uh, like, I think... The two-goal thing is might it might be what gets them through the fact that Real will have to mm. score twice, but I don't think you know City have got it in them to be solid enough to keep a clean sheet. Like when like when I was talking before, when Guardiola bought in these new systems, um, people made a big deal about the possession and the passing and all this, but it was really all down to the pressing he brought in and how teams just couldn't get the ball back. And when they did get the ball back, there was so much pressure on them to do something with it because they knew when they lost that they weren't going to see it again for ages but we've seen the last season especially like teams starting to get this idea in their head that if you beat the press you're gonna beat the system and Man City Mm. have been undone a number of times this season with very simple balls in behind when they've left a bit of space and I think that two goal cushion it might be too much for Madrid because they won't necessarily have to press out have to push out too much and leave uh, that kind of space but that Achilles heel is definitely there and that Real Madrid side can definitely exploit it if they get the chance so Madrid get the first goal, it's anybody's match, but I just think maybe, maybe the two goals might be enough for Man City, but it certainly won't be comfortable. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you on that one. I, I'd guess one all if I was pushed on a scoreline mm. for, for tonight. But regardless, I'll be watching the game and I'll be putting one of those mad what odds bets on because this feels <laughs> like the sort of game for it. Um, Man City, Real, uh, two obvious huge contenders for the Champions League. We talked about Man City's chances. Uh, another team, obviously, you would look to because of someone like Cristiano Ronaldo is Juventus. Although they uh, face Leon tonight, 
1-0 down from the first leg, although I genuinely can't remember what happened in that game. Uh, how do you see this one going and what are Juventus's chances this season? Um, I think Juventus's chances in this game and Juventus's chances for the Champions League overall are vastly different. Like they should have more, more than enough for Leon. Like the, the, it's very difficult to actually predict what's going to happen with Leon because obviously the French league stopped. We have absolutely no idea how Leon are going to be in a competitive game because I know they've had that slight warm-up game ahead of this, but they've not played a competitive game of football, especially not against a team the quality of Juventus. So Juventus should, in theory steamroller them but Juventus are not a team I currently look at and think they've got a massive shout for the Champions League purely because of just how like uncohesive that entire structure looks over there like they brought in uh, Maurizio Sarri to improve their chances of winning the Champions League but they also brought in Cristiano Ronaldo to improve their chances of winning the Champions League and what you've got there is a manager who has these grand sweeping every player pulling his weight systems like when he was at Napoli and at Chelsea these teams were just so athletic and covered so many miles and just literally said to opposition teams, well, even if you're going to outplay us today, we're going to outrun you and we're going to outfight you and we're going to outthink you. And then you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, still clearly one of the best players in the world, but also one of the most static forwards <laughs> on the planet. Like the guy's 34 now. He doesn't harry, he doesn't run around, he doesn't really play to this system. And I think if you look at... I should have got this. I should have got these numbers up before I came on, but I'm pretty sure Ronaldo's had an absolutely bank-busting season in front of goal, and nobody else. I think maybe only. I think only Dybala's got over ten mm. goals in the rest of that side. So they're so dependent on the way they play for Ronaldo to deliver, but also at the same time trying to impose this system, which just does not work with Cristiano Ronaldo. I would imagine as soon as they come up against a reasonable side, unless there's some kind of miracle performance from their star man, they're going to be dumped out straight away. And I know people will say, well, you know, they did just sweep, you know, Syria aside. If you actually look at the results after they came back from the break, mm. Juventus have won that league purely because every other side just were even worse. Like, we're expecting there to be, like, you know, quite a big race on for that title. And nobody won anything consecutively or back-to-back. -back, and they all just dropped off the face of the earth. So we don't really know what a Juventus team is going to look like against good opposition. Like, they beat, um, was it Atalanta in Syria? with a couple of games to go, and they won. But Atlanta played them off the park for the majority of that game. Like, they had, you know, this great David versus Goliath story, except they just missed that much with the stone. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not, I'm not, don't fancy Juventus' chances too much for the thing, but they should have more than enough to get past Leon. Yeah, I remember the, the Serie A thing, glancing at it a few months ago and going, could be a bit of a tasty run in here. And then I don't remember Lazio winning a game uh -huh. after I said something like that. It was crazy, crazy times. Um, I, I, yeah, I sense Juventus probably will have enough to beat Leon, but I think Juventus is one of those sides that people play with them on FIFA and go, look at all these forwards they've got, and then realise that, unfortunately, real-life football isn't quite like FIFA. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's talk about Barcelona-Napoli next. One all going into it. <laughs> this, for me, um, has all the markings of one of those mad Barcelona Champions League games we've seen in recent years. You always think of the Liverpool game. Uh, you, I remember that Ra- uh, Roma one uh, where the Barcelona just sort of imploded. It's become a, a thing of theirs in, in recent years in Europe, European competitions. Yeah. Um, how do you see this one going down? Because Napoli are an unpredictable opponent, let's say. I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I rate Barcelona's chances in this game a lot higher than I rate their chances in the Champions League. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that Liverpool game because... This Barcelona team, from I don't just mean the players on the pitch, I mean from top to bottom organisationally, is so broken at the minute. Like they have been they're fortunate I think they're fortunate they play in a league where there's never going to be more than two one or two of the teams offering them effective competition because if you look in the pre- and I don't want to be like, oh the Premier League's toughest league in the world, it's the most cheesiest part in the world. But when a team at the top starts to go into transitional years where things are broken behind the scenes, they can drop well out of the Champions League places. Like if you look at Arsenal. Uh, and Manchester United, and at times Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, all of them. When things aren't right there, their fallow years tend to be quite financially disruptive for them, whereas I think Barcelona are always going to qualify for the Champions League. There's never going to be four or five teams in Spain that are going to teach them a lesson at the same time. But this this Barcelona side just categorically does not work. But I think similar to Juventus, Napoli really would have had to have win that home tie, win the home leg, or deny them an away goal at some point to to go through here. And I I think on a on a based on what is a straight shootout, Barcelona will probably go through. But again, I don't think there's any way on earth this Barcelona side wins this Champions League because we're talking about the Guardiola, you know, teams that when eventually after a while teams start to figure out the system. Barcelona have never really moved on from Guardiola. They've stumbled from manager to manager trying to get something resembling uh, like a Cruyff system back in. It's never quite clicked for them like the midfield is not made up with the kind of players that can do that and their forward line is just it's just absolutely all over the place like they can't really press teams anymore because Lionel Messi is 33 he hasn't got the energy levels and the athleticism and the youthful exuberance to go and do that and Luis Suarez as well as being 33 is not the kind of forward that does that anyway he generally can't be bothered to go and press these sides and you go oh it's fine <laughs> We've got Anton Griezmann, though. He's young and strapping and he can do that. But because he's not Messi and he's not Suarez and he's not in that little group of buddies, he gets shunted out onto the left where he's not really all that comfortable playing. So everything is, is fundamentally broken there. I um, <laughs> I don't I don't think they're going to get put out by Napoli, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. No, I think it is a game well worth watching. I don't like the fact, by the way, that you're saying, oh, 34, 33, the yeah, day know, before my 32nd birthday. I'm, I'm feeling very old right now. I know, but this is the thing, mate. We're not in a Champions League quarterfinal. That's, <laughs> are you, that's, are you that's, that's the chance? only difference between me, you, and Suarez and Messi. I was going to say, you say my chances of being a harrying forward in a European Cup competition may have gone. Yes, I am. I'm, that's the one solid prediction I'm going to make on this entire video. <laughs> you will never play at the top level. 
It's mad though. Like, I mean, remember that Liverpool game? Like, you've never seen a Barcelona side get demolished in midfield like that. But it's not been a one-off. Like, Juventus have done it to them. Real Madrid have done it to them. I actually suspect Napoli will probably run rings around them in midfield. It's just, you know, it, it seems. I know it probably seems weird that I've just sat here going, "This Barcelona side doesn't work. Messi's a problem. Suarez, etc." Like, I, Lionel Messi's probably still the best football player in the world, but. He papers over a lot of the cracks there, and there are a lot of cracks in that Barcelona side. Yeah, I, I still remember that. I think it was Manolas. Uh, he scored a goal, a header against uh, against Barcelona for Roma, and they just capitulated. Obviously, that was you know they still had time to get back into it, and nothing happened. And I don't know watching that Liverpool game. Maybe I've, I'm watching, remembering it through sort of rose tinted glasses, but it felt like as soon as they got the first goal, you just thought, I tell you what, it's on here. Whereas you think, bloody hell, four goals without reply, even at Anfield, was was sensational. Um, so, I'm sorry to any Liverpool fans watching it, but that was one of the most astonishingly boring games of football I've ever seen. Not because it lacked drama or excitement. Obviously, it was an incredible, incredible match. But you thought, blimey, well, what's well, our first goal's gone in? This is going to be an absolute you know, heavyweight contest for the ages. And Barcelona didn't really get anywhere near Liverpool after that. It was so one-sided and I know you look at that and think well ah, Liverpool must be the most dominant best team in the world and they probably are but that's not why that game was so one-sided that was as much about Barcelona being fundamentally unable to address the systems that they were playing against or address the problems that that were creating just trying to throw to their you know their star players and go well can you bail us out of this and them going no actually we can't so um we talk about how long it's been since the Champions League has been on I genuinely don't remember Bayern Munich beating Chelsea 3-0, but apparently it happened. Uh, Chelsea looked like they have an impossible task against Bayern Munich uh, over the weekend. But could they? No. Uh, genuinely. Um, you know me, we did that Premier League preview at the start of the season. I said, I quite like what Frank Lampard looks like he's going to do with Chelsea, and I was big advocates of them being you know, one of the better teams. I looked like an idiot when they lost that first game 4-0, but as has always proved, I'm a genius. I was right. However... Um, I think this could be embarrassing for Chelsea, this. If there's one thing they've not been able to do this season, it's address playing against teams that are going to play on the counter-attack. You know, they really struggle, really, really struggle with that. And the problem they've got going into this game is, A, they're 3-0 down, so they've got to push forward and attack quite aggressively. They can't just wait for the last half an hour and hope they nick three goals. They've got to go for it from the start. And have you seen that Bayern Munich side? It's outrageous. Coleman, Nabry, Robert Lewandowski is probably the most perfect, like, pivot-style counter-attacking centre-forward in the world. And they're going to be playing against the Chelsea side, which, as well as having a ton of injuries, is also going to be leaving them space. I Not just because the scoreline is 3-0. If Chelsea get anything from this game, it would be one of the most improbable, extraordinary upsets I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just watched that FA Cup final last weekend and watching... Not just sendings off, but injuries left, right, and centre. Pulisic, uh, Cesar Aspelacueta, the the Pedro. The, ever, Pedro, yeah, of course, I forgot about Pedro. Yeah, all hamstrings going left, right. So I think this is a game too far for Chelsea. If anything, I'd say Chelsea are probably going to be glad to be out of all this and just have, be able to take a moment of pause before the start of next season. There's, there's an issue in this, which is why Bayern are my favourites for this. Um, Chelsea's best chance here under normal circumstances would be that Bayern saw the fact they're three 0 up and wanting to make sure the Bundesliga was secure, started resting a number of their players. But that's over and done with now. They won that at an absolute canter. They are now 100% focused on winning the Champions League and are coming off the back of a three-week rest. 
Like, all these games getting crammed in together, a lot of teams are going to be, especially the English sides, are going to be, like, absolutely locked up. Like, they're going to have, you know, they've got lots of injuries, they've got lots of tired legs, whereas Bayern have had probably the perfect amount of rest time after the perfect reintroduction to coming back after the break. And, yeah, I, th- I think this is Bayern's to lose this this whole tournament for me. Uh, finally, I should ask you the, the overarching question that has been asked ever since we heard about August being this mad month of European football. Should the Champions League be happening uh, in amongst you know the fact that the, the Premier League will be starting back early in September? Obviously, teams still involved in European competitions get a bit of a delay. But how do you react to, to complaints like that? My stance has been the same since the start. Like I love football. And when the football came back, it really did just alleviate a lot of the problems with all of this like as you, I live alone as you know having something like football even with fake crowd noise has been really helpful and it's I understand it's very important to people no matter what club you support to try and get something resembling a bit of normality back even if it's not perfect I went to a restaurant last night for the first time in five months and we were sat 20 foot away from anybody else and it was weird and it was awkward but it was it was nice to be out like I don't think football's important enough to be asking people to risk their lives for it but if the relevant authorities are saying that they're doing things safely and they're taking every precaution they can, then, all right, sure, yeah, if the scheduling's a bit packed, then, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to dip into the teams and rotate things a bit better. I am overall not in favour of football being back, but so long as it is back, I can take a lot of positives from that. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, and certainly this mad August that we're going to get in place of a, a tournament, as you said, is uh, is welcome relief for a lot of football fans. But let us know your thoughts ahead of the Champions League this weekend in the comments section below. Uh, don't forget to like, share and subscribe and subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. Plus, follow us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts at What Culture FC. Watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Adam Cleary at... At Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. But this has been the Champions League preview. Uh, my thanks to Adam Cleary. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 